Welcome back to the Bearded Barbell Podcast. This is the place to go for quick, easy, actionable health and fitness information. On the mic right now is Coach Tony, and across the table from me is the one and only Coach Willie. How are you today? Hey guys. Hey Coach. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. I've been, you know, I've been kind of tired the last couple weeks or so. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm just kind of, I'm working on that, working on, you know, focusing on making sure nutrition's good, making sure I'm not going too crazy on training and all that, but it's other than that, you got to see me wrestle on Saturday night. I did. And that was a fantastic, fantastic show. I did. It was a great show. Everybody did a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. And the most important part is I won the match. Mm-hmm. So yeah. now at our next show, I'm getting a second opportunity at the heavyweight championship for dynamic wrestling. So that was a good way to, to add some good value for me for the weekend. You know what I noticed uh, at that show? I was like, man, Tony is on a hot streak. You got your title shot, which you were robbed of the the, the winnings yeah, uh, last that, time. Hey, that's how I see it, too. You know, yeah, robbed. I mean, everyone, the whole crowd was against you. You just, you know, you know, we weren't in Mercury Retrograde. It, it seems to work better for us this time. Just kidding, no. But no, and then on, uh, I just, just the, the crowd reaction, you know, looking at, like, you know, everyone did an amazing job. And just knowing that, like, if, if you're not a, a, a wrestling fan, I always say this every week, but if you're not a wrestling fan, you know, we got the heel, we got the baby face. Tony is your your great heel. He is a great bad guy. <laughs> That's right. And, uh, and the reason why I say that is because the crowd reaction when he walks out, you can all, you can automatically tell that the crowd just, you know, that he, he gets them on edge. So that's real great. And uh, what you... Uh, what happened, uh, I'm going to explain it because I was kind of excited. I got all happy when I saw this part. But So there was a pizza eating contest at 4 o'clock um, earlier that day at this event. It's a huge event. Um, you know, they got vendors. They got pizza eating contests. They got another contest. Um, food, music, all the fun stuff. Pot, any everything you can love in the South Valley uh, get together and in, in course of course wrestling professional wrestling and at this um at this pizza eating contest they had these it was like i have a picture of it it was um happy another wrestler it's like literally the size of his whole diaphragm like yeah it's, a, whole, it's a three foot long slice yeah, pizza three foot long and it's like uh equivalent to a whole pizza they're saying like one slice is equivalent to a whole pizza so they they ate those well when uh, Tony came out for his match, he had a whole box of these slices, blowing his whistle, and uh, he actually, you're we kind of taunting the crowd, you know, asking him if they wanted a slice, and as they did, he blew the whistle at him, and I was like, I was like, man, if we could just uh, get this on the podcast, that'd be hilarious, <laughs> you know. It, it was just great because, you know, we sit here and we talk, uh, we talk uh, nutrition, we talk macros all day. And then to see you in action actually yelling at people uh, for reaching out for the pizza, that that was that was great. <laughs> I just, you know, we talk the talk here and then I walk the walk at wrestling there shows. You go. That's how that works. Yeah, no three foot long slices of pizza for you guys. Sorry about that. <laughs> yep. Anyway, what else what else has been going on for you in uh in your past week? So uh yeah, me, I've just, you know, really buckled down on physically training people at the gym, just making my presence known at the gym. Again, it's just, I think it's that time of year where everyone's just hitting that, that, that tiredness. It's, you know, we're going into autumn. It's that transition from summer where everyone was excited. All the kids are, you know, going back to school. We're all transitioning into something. So I think it's kind of a little bit of a, you know, getting used to type thing. Uh, I noticed. Uh, well, there's also, you know, nobody really talks about this because it's not, you know, 
like most things, you can't really bottle it and sell it, make money off of it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, as we, as we move into a new season, like you said, we're moving into autumn here on the Northern hemisphere. Obviously it's the opposite. If you're south of the equator, but our, our bodies respond to the seasons pretty, pretty in touch, you know, like when we hit summer, when we hit spring, mm -hmm. most people will notice that suddenly they start having more energy. They start wanting naturally to be more active. Right. right? And so now that we're starting to basically wind out on the other end of summer and we're heading into shorter days, longer nights, cooler temperatures, right? The body starts to change itself appropriately. So it starts wanting to be a little less active. It wants to, you know, you, you think of animals that hibernate, right? Mm -hmm. Bears hibernate. They spend mm -hmm. this part of the year getting ready to hibernate. They start winding down. They start gathering resources. They start gathering food and, and all that. And, just eating a lot so that they have enough stored fat to get them through the winter. Squirrels will start gathering food so that they can have a place to go to get food throughout the winter where there really isn't any that available like it is during the spring and during the summer. So, mm -hmm. you know, our bodies are just like theirs. They just have a different, a different level of adaptation for the seasons. And, you know, it's, you know, people talk about, you know, pumpkin spice and showing up in like everything. Right. And that's mm -hmm. a more commercialized a more commercial version of that but it's you know it still sort of plays to the same point which is like you know when the seasons change our bodies crave for different things and mm -hmm. the big part of that is the difference in how long the days are and how long the nights are when we have longer nights we typically want to rest more we want to relax more so that's you know i've, I've noticed with a lot of people especially fitness people and i think you mentioned the same thing where a lot of people are getting more tired, right? And this is kind of what's going on with me, like I mentioned at, right at the top of the show, mm -hmm. um, where, you know, I'm just starting to feel more tired and it feels like motivation's maybe starting to, to dip off a little bit. And, you know, we don't talk about it a whole lot, but I see this pretty much every year. Like you can follow it like clockwork around with the seasons. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's something that, probably should be talked about more because it would help us maybe have some more grace with ourselves when we feel like well damn it we were on fire in june we we're on fire in july why mm -hmm. can't we keep that that pace going in september and october and november it's like well there's there's a tangible reason for it oh, right? there's, yeah. a, there's a physical reason for it mm -hmm. i think and i think it just is that like well actually there's a multitude of things like there there's just so much of um like you said maybe we're hitting it hot in june and july we we're on fire well, it's just like my like I'm a I'm a Dodger fan. Baseball, love it. October, we're coming into it. They're a hot team right now. I'm like, don't get too hot because you need October really matters to you. And I think that that's what it is. It's burnout time. You know, you you we we go into these. We talk about it all the time on on this podcast. You know, um, having to rest. You can't go pedal to the metal constantly. So I think you know we're feeling great in June, July, August comes. You know. Again, August is a weird month for everyone. Even if you don't have kids, I feel like it's just one of those transitional months to mm -hmm. where like you were enjoying June, you were enjoying July, and especially this past summer because the a couple summers, you know, past couple summers, we really haven't been able to do much of anything. Right. So yeah. we've really engaged ourselves. So we're, you know, we're going fully for the next two, three months. And then here comes September. And finally, you know, it's just hitting that point where you know, now in September, September is kind of, I call it, it's a great break month because August is like that transitional month. September, we do have like, if you know, if you're in New Mexico currently in Albuquerque, we have all our fiestas. We have all our, 
all our um right, fairs. We got, yeah, we got the state fairs, fair right yeah. now. Balloon Fiesta is a couple yes. weeks away. So there, there's those. So it is kind of like still we're still kind of having fun in this month. But then if you think about it, October. I was talking to my girlfriend and her. She was saying with um with teaching and stuff that that teachers they feel a real exhaustion in uh, October that just it you hit the certain so there is those seasons for people like me personally I hit a, a seasonal depression at the end of December mm-hmm. it just drags me down and I really have to prepare for that and that's kind of what I go into right now and that's what I was getting to with like you know September being that that you know August is that transitional month September we're still kind of having fun but knowing you know here comes October and being the fact that we have 12 months i always take everything in quarters you know three months here three months there and you know these last three months you may have been either taking it easy or going hard but then you got to reconsider the next three months and the next three months we have are it's the holiday season it's that wind down season where the days get shorter um you know people people typically spend more money they typically eat more which i think I think everything feeds into everything. Everyone's tired kind of from the summer. We were out vacationing. We were, you know, not not typically me, but everyone, you know, everyone was um, out, you know, doing more of summer things. I got some friends with some hunts coming up. Once those hunts end, you know, like all that, all that glitz and glamour is gone, you know, all that, yeah. that, that fun. Um, and so you, you hit the darker months and I don't mean it like dark as in dark times, but you know, like the winter times. But physically, you know, like we have more we more time hours yeah know? more nighttime it's more cold more cloudiness and then also like i always call myself i'm more like a lizard like some people prefer the cold but like in in colder climates i tend to move a little bit slower yeah you know i call it like it's almost like a lizard brumation you know you see a lizard in coldness and they're just like moving a little slower so i think we kind of go into that in these next three months and uh um, yeah and then with the with the spending and then the stress from thinking, okay, well now the spending, the holidays, they got to be at this place, that place, this family's member's house, that family member's house, got to buy this gift, that gift. Here comes Thanksgiving, I'm going to be eating a lot. Here comes um, Halloween, I'm going to be eating a lot of candy then. And if you're anyone like listening to this, and obviously you might be trying to do something with your diet or exercise or nutrition in some way, so it becomes stressful. And then, you know, so we do, I, I think that this, like, we never, when we think of energy, I think we think of energy as, like, gas in a, in a fuel tank, you know, we we think of, okay, yeah, as soon as I got gas, my if I have a full tank of gas in my car, my car should go, right? Well, then you got to consider, does it have all the other components up to par, too? Yeah, and does it have good filters, good fluids, yeah. oil, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, like if, if you have a bad air filter, you're, 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 That's oil life, in. yeah, you're, you're going to gonna drag yeah so um so i think actually now i think we're getting into today's topic actually just going on to this because you know we are talking about like being because i I, that is a common thing i did hear a lot of people say they're tired me personally i'm i'm trying to like get back into um a good regimen because i did feel that exhaustion these last couple months because well i did have a lot going on but i think i think we kind of owe it to ourselves to kind of take these these seasons and not know and know that we can't go 100% all year round. Yeah. And, and really when we, you know, we talk about seasons now and the, you know, I think the issue is that we try to go one mode all year round Mm -hmm. and it just, the body just doesn't work that way. Even when, when I approach nutrition and, and exercise this way with, with a lot of my clients, which is we actually phase it, based on a seasonal type of approach. And yeah. it's not necessarily to mean that like everybody does, you know, X 
nutrition and, and training in the wintertime, but there's, you know, there's phases to it all. You know, there's, mm-hmm. I, I, the, the best analogy I found for it, which is ironic because I don't watch sports, but it's, it's using like a sports season, right? Uh-huh. So you have that in season period. Exactly. You've got your postseason, you've got your off season, and then you've got your preseason. And uh-huh. you, each of those phases represents different things, different objectives. And mm-hmm. you have to move through all of those so that you can get through essentially the entire year without really getting any burnout because as your as those phases shift your objectives now shift right obviously if you're if you're in season right like baseball's in season right now mm. so they have a very different goal when it when you compare that to say maybe off season or postseason right their goal right now is just be the best baseball players they can be they don't necessarily care so much about how they look they care more about how they perform they don't necessarily mm-hmm. care about longevity right it's all about performance right now they can worry about all the other stuff mm-hmm. when the world series is done or whenever their season is over right if, mm-hmm. they, if they don't make it to the world series and once you get to you know postseason that's when you can start focusing more on rehabbing the body mm-hmm. if you picked up any injuries you can focus more directly on getting rid of that by using more long-term methods instead of more short-term things that are just meant to get you to the next game. And you can work more on building new skills when you're not also under the pressure of a a currently active season. If you try to do all that at once, you're going to get burnt out because Mm -hmm. there's so many of those goals that don't work well together. You know, you can't work on long-term recovery while you're also trying to focus on peak performance. You can, you can do short-term recovery, to focus and, and help with performance, but that short-term recovery is just that. It's short-term. Mm-hmm. It's not going to work forever. I love that you brought the brought up the seasons because, like, I'm a, I'm a I'm a huge preacher on seasons and like treating yourself as seasons because that's exactly what we're getting at. Because um, you know, us being wrestling fans, wrestling is a year-round sport. They're wrestling on Christmas. They're wrestling. Yeah. You know, they're wrestling there January. Is no off-season. Yeah, there yeah. is no off. The only off-season is when the wrestler either says, "Okay, I need time off with the family," or "I'm injured, I need time off." Right. And and then that's exactly what it is. Is and I, you, I've I know I've said it on the show before. Is wrestling needs a season. You know, even if it is some people transitioning off or they're them showing reruns for three months or them bringing in the, the backups, they need a season. And and that's the perfect reason, because look at I'm going to compare my squats squatting to a baseball swing. You know, you're not going to go out there hitting home runs if you're swinging your hardest at the ball every time. You know, like you said, in training camp, the beginning of the season you know, because there is in season, but, you know, training camp before the season starts, before, you know, spring camp starts, before anything. Mm-hmm. All your preseason stuff. Yeah. yeah. You're, 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 you're not even, maybe not even picking up a bat and swinging it. You're getting your body ready to swing a bat. You're getting it like, you know, in, in my, you're, you're gauging it, you're, you're conditioning it. Then here comes spring. We're swinging a bat. We're not swinging it all out. We're not trying to hit home runs here. We're just practicing a swing. We're trying to get a good swing going on. Here comes the season. Man, you're, you're hitting pretty good. You're doing pretty good. But, you know, we're, we're pacing ourselves pretty good. Now, 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 like Tony said, we get to the to postseason. Now is when things start mattering. Now is when you really have that, that you know, that switch where you flip the gas on or you, you, you press, uh, you know, where the igniter goes up or you whatever analogy you want to use. This is when you turn it up. And this is when, you know, you got one month, two months, three months of a postseason. That's typically not that long, but say if you battling to get into postseason and go through postseason, 
you're going to give it your all. Now, if you gave it, now, I used to always be that guy that said, why, uh, why don't you play that hard all the time and you'd be world champions all the time? It just, it, I think that's part of the sport is gauging, you know, it's like, a, it is kind of like a race, you know, you're pacing yourself through the race. If you went throttled down the whole race, you'd, you'd burn yourself out. Yeah. You, you'd spin out, you would take turns wrong, you would crash. And you, actually, so- and you actually see that in F1, which is actually the one sport I do watch, which mm-hmm. is, you know, if you, if you listen to the team radios, those drivers aren't going full throttle the whole time. Mm-hmm. It may seem like it just because those cars are so blisteringly fast, but they're they're in a constant battle of well, we've got to manage tires, mm-hmm. we've got to manage fuel. So for like pace. the next ten laps, let's focus on just getting this pace. It's slower than we can do, but it's going to help us get to where we need to for our next pit stop, or it's going to help us get to the end of the race, or on the other side, right? We're trying to catch a driver. Cool. Now we're going to go all out. Or mm-hmm. now we're trying to keep a driver from catching us. So now go all out to keep them to keep them off of us, right? Or if you're real crafty, you can push your speed to try to get the other driver to catch up and then burn their burn their tires out, burn mm-hmm. off their gas. And it's all, you know, it's all it it changes within the race. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, this part of the race we're going easy, especially, you know, lap one. We have all the cars side by side. Nobody's going hundred percent in lap one because you have to make sure quite literally that you just get through the first lap you gotta get to the last lap yeah you gotta get to the second lap once you get to the second or third lap now you can change the way you drive and you can start focusing more on where you're gonna place and and who else is around you and all that sort of stuff but the you know the game the goal changes throughout the race yeah it's 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 just like that when you're not a formula one driver it's just like that for all of us right our goals change whether we want to admit it or not like our body will tell us that our goals are changing throughout the year or throughout you know the month or anything like that yeah i i think that's that's another great analogy thinking that you know you have to pace yourself when you go into a a race you think everyone's trying to go as fast as possible constantly all the time and it's really not that it's a it's a certain pacing and it's a certain you know everything's strategic and i think that's what like really brings us to our topic is the, the the whole mindset the looking forward you know um and not necessarily like saying okay i'm gonna hit it hard i'm gonna hit it hard but but having you know addressing certain things before even moving on before you know um like you like we're saying go going through your your year um how is that year looking for you are you you know if you're not able to go 100 percent what do we need to address from there? And a lot of times you had mentioned before the show, it goes with unchecked traumas, unchecked um, uh, mental issues that we see, we seemingly think that we can work off in the gym and then it turns into more stress because it's not working the way we should. It, we think it should like, because we aren't going through seasons, you know, gym is my therapy. We hear that all the time, but if you're going with your throttle full down every time, you know, what if your vehicle's out now? Yeah. You know, where, where's your, where's your getaway now? Or if you can't get to the gym Mm -hmm. because they're all closed. So I think, I think today we could just really focus on, uh, just that, you know, seeing yourself and the, and setting yourself up for that mental, um, that mental success before you even hit the gym. Because honestly, it really, you know, I, I, I live in a gym (laughs) that that's my job, but you know, it really isn't about what you do in the gym. It's, you know, you, you really have to, there's some check boxes you got to get checked off before you get in there. And I think, you know, um, I mentioned before um, we started this that in or, you know, and if you've listened, you know that one of my favorite shows is 600 pound life, my 600 pound life on TLC. It's where they start out really 
really heavy and they have to lose about 30 to 50 pounds before they get um, be selected for gastric bypass surgery even then that doesn't go successfully it's just the, their journey on that but a lot of times before they even really like start losing weight or when they start losing weight and they have a bunch of issues he goes he goes back to the unchecked trauma and he has them go and seek a um, um, psychiatry right. help and so i think that that's you know that's for extreme weight loss but you know getting into the like talking about like you know going back a lot of that even applies just if you're going to the gym for any other reason for yeah if it's your therapy or if you're feeling tired um that that's another one thing because it's not just coach that said i think i've been hearing a lot of people saying that and if it goes like you know if, if you're if you're tired and and you know it's just if that starts becoming a reason for excuse or an excuse for the not exercising i think that also needs to be addressed in the same sense that it would be as if any other thing in your exercise. And, you know, I'm not saying you won't get any results if you go to the gym and you don't work out what's going on in your mind first, but uh, it is going to be a lot of stress. It is going to be a lot, lot of, uh, going, going to the gym without, without addressing or working on any potential mental issues that maybe drove you to the gym in the first place. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like driving a car with a parking brake on. Yeah. yeah, you'll probably still make progress, but it's going to take you way more effort to make any progress. Well, then you're burning out a, a key essential thing that you might need for something else later. Yeah. Um, or it, it really is. Um, I saw, I was talking to somebody at the gym and he was mentioning how like his goals that he'd set for the gym were actually um, stressing him out. He was talking to a friend and the friend was saying, you know, how he uses the gym for therapy. And he's like, well, really, it doesn't work for me that way because you know, at the end, he's like, yeah, I, he's like, I'm not saying I regret workouts. He's like, I'm not saying that I never felt good after a workout. That's not the case. But he's like, I was always stressing out about it. And he's and when he learned that this isn't something I need to stress out about, this is something that is to benefit me. And it's something that I just need to easily do. Um, once he cleared that mindset, the gym became much better better for him yeah um and i and see i fall into the camp of of you know the gym is my therapy and the motorcycle is my therapy mm -hmm. i'm doing both so much lately right yeah but you know it's 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 part of the therapy puzzle mm -hmm. right like to me and this is what i get out of both of them is when when you're riding a motorcycle you have to be focused on riding the motorcycle you can't be thinking about anything else yes. because especially here in albuquerque you're likely to get run over mm -hmm. when I'm at the gym and I'm lifting heavy weight, right? With deadlifting, squatting, benching, or anything like that. I've got to be focused on that movement. I can't really be thinking about anything else or else I'm going to leave myself open to something going wrong with the lift. And I've found that in those situations, in those moments, I can, you know, it's like the people that get ideas suddenly, like when you're in the shower, right? It's that sort of thing where by doing something that that needs you to be present to get the most out of it you're you're detaching from anxiety you're detaching from depression right because anxiety is basically just to worry about the future and depression is basically just just being stuck in the past mm -hmm. and when you can get into the present neither of those affect you so it's then becomes clear again at least to me and to a few people that I've talked to once you're once you're detached from anxiety and depression you almost get like a spotlight on what you know you should do. Mm -hmm. The problem is 
people will go, you know, the gym is my therapy and they'll feel better because they're detached from anxiety and depression, but then they don't go and do anything about it after the gym is done. So they don't actually fix what's going on. So when you, when you go to the gym and you get, or whatever it is that brings you into the present moment, Mm -hmm. obviously the gym motorcycles are just for me. Everybody's got different things that can help bring them into the present moment. When you get to the present moment and you, you see that, that aha moment, you have that and it shows you, you know, this is what you should do gives you an idea for something new to try or a conversation to have. Okay, great. But then you have to go and actually act on that thing that just happened to you. When you don't, it, it's not really doing anything. It's not doing mm-hmm. you any good. So you might feel better, you know, that 30, 45, 60 minutes you're at the gym. But when you get out and you go back to, you know, quote unquote, real life, and you then start worrying again about the future, or you start again, lamenting about the past, well, now you're going back to the same state that you were in before you became present again. So you're you're basically repeating, you're putting yourself in a stuck loop. Yeah. You know, and that's that's where we end up getting the people that are, you know, they're addicted to the gym. They go, you know, twice a day, they go every day. They, you know, they, they can't think of having a day where they can't go to the gym. And if that mm-hmm. happens, they feel like their entire day is ruined, right? And they feel even worse. When you, you know, there's there's a balancing act of, like I said, getting to that present moment so you can separate from the future, separate from the past, be in the present and then figure out what you need to do. Then you just have to go and actually do the thing, which is hard, right? A lot of times it still kind of bats up against the anxiety and against the depression and it, and it makes us not want to do it because we worry about how it's going to turn out or we worry about how people are going to respond. And those are all valid concerns but also if you don't act, those concerns will always be there. Whereas if you do act and you just you push through it, it's going to be hard. But if you just go and you act on the thing that you know you need to, now you'll at least be through the thing. And so now you don't have to wonder what the what the next steps are going to be because now you'll just see them in front of you and you'll know that that's what to do. I, you know, and I, I do fall into the same um, category in the camp of uh, of of fitness in general is my therapy, you know, any kind of long run walk, like you said, it's the present time. And it's also, you know, there, there's so many factors that go into it being a tool for, um, the mental health. But again, it's like, it's like if you, uh, injured your knee, if you, uh, ruptured the ACL and, um, and you, you're finding some relief in taking Tylenol, maybe that, you know, maybe Tylenol won't help with the torn ACL, but let's just say we're managing pain from a, a, uh, from an actual injury and yeah the, the the pain is going away for a little bit with with the help of the medicine but at this point we got to understand that we're treating symptoms we're not we're not curing or or, or working with the condition mm-hmm. and yeah, we're I, not treating the root cause yeah yeah so i mean we can always keep treating you know like like coach said we can sit there and we can go every time we feel sad every time we feel we need it we can go to the gym we can go for a ride read a book do whatever we, whatever we do that helps us but if we never treat the problem, we're going in that circle. Right. We're we're constantly it, it it's it's you're on a, a little kayak, and you know you got to build a bigger boat. But if but you just always got to remember, you know the bigger boat you build, that's nice and all, but it doesn't make that sh- you know there's if you don't clear the waters, if you don't you know there's always going to be, you know the crocodiles, the alligators in the swamp waiting for you to get off the boat. Right. And so, and you part know, of the issue is you know society has normalized just treating the symptom right mm-hmm. you know when when we you know we're talking about a knee and, and using tylenol or, or advil which is one example 
-hmm. But I mean, how many times have you heard, you know, people say that they've had a bad day and what do they do? They go get a drink. They drink, yeah. It doesn't fix the issue. It just, you know, it gets you to forget about the bad day or gets you to at least not focus on the bad day. It brings you to the present, Mm -hmm. right? But then if you don't actually do anything about the situation, what's going to happen? You know, Monday comes around, you go right back to the job you hate. Yeah, and, and you're so you're stuck up. in this you're stuck in this spiral, and we're not even hitting on things like you know sobering up, mm-hmm. hangovers. There's research showing how you know alcohol amplifies anxiety and depression for like four or five mm-hmm. days after, which if you're what you could consider a typical drinker is typically how long it takes before you get your next drink. So you're stuck in that anxiety and depression loop, mm-hmm. um, and you know it, it, this is this is the loop that you just you stay stuck in until you're willing to do the work to, to get out of it and change that pattern. Well, and then eventually, like, if, if you don't treat the issue, the cause of why you're going and doing that, and um, take it from take it from alcoholic, they, like if you drink to try to numb the pain, to try to just, you know, it's it was a rough day, you're not numbing the pain, it's not that bad, you're just, but what if now that one beer after a stressful day now turns into two, now it turns into three, now it turns into a drunken night, and now you had a bad day the next day. That day needed to be reconciled like some kind of way you i don't stuff you have to cancel because you woke up and you felt terrible exactly and then over. and then now you need to, and now you're feeling stressed and angry about that and that beer that you used to decompress now it kind of kind of trickled into a bigger effect of stress and i think with exercise that's what we kind of do and i think if you'd use it in the wrong way like the way you said it you know you're 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 there in the present moment and Mm -hmm. that's the most amazing thing nothing else in the world matters and that's what i love about it but if you don't know how to use exercise if you don't know how to use a coping mechanism for coping it's gonna it 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 does work it's it's just like you said using the part the parking brake yeah like you know you go to the gym you do some movements you're gonna see some results but it's it's doing it with the with the correct mindset so whenever you do go if if gym is your therapy Again, we're not obviously we're not uh, advocating against that. We use it ourselves, but the the fact of the matter is, is I think a lot of people think they need to hurt themselves in the gym. It, it's a, like a hurt pain type of, you know, I I like somebody's had a bad day. They go to the gym and they like right. How many how many how common is it that you hear people that they say you know they take their rage out on the weights? I'm like, yeah. okay, cool. You're gonna hurt yourself. But yeah, you're gonna hurt yourself because <laughs> that anger is gonna lead you into lifting way more than you mm-hmm. need to or way past the point where you should have stopped and you're going to get hurt. Then what are you going to do when you can't lift, but you still have to go back to the rest of your life that is causing that feeling in the first place. Yeah. And now you're hurt. Now you're like, like what if you injure yourself and now you're injured, this stupid day just turning into a worse day. Now you're at the uh, urgent care, but, or if you're like me, maybe you didn't get injured, but maybe you're going an angry lifting and then you go and you, you know, you Last time you angry lifted, you deadlifted 455 pounds. Oh, you're super mad today. You're going to go deadlift all kinds. 315 is just feeling like horrible. You can't get your mind in the game. You can't do it right. It's hurting. It's not feeling good. Then where's your coping mechanism? Now you're even more frustrated. Now you're, and, and, and that's where I'm getting at. Like you might have these set goals. You might have this like, okay, if I just do this, I'll feel better. What if that doesn't come? Where are you going now? Is that that problem still there? Your coping mechanism failed. You're there left in your thoughts. And we're not saying don't use it as a, as a, as a coping, but it is that like, you know, um, it is a therapy in the sense of it helps get some of the stuff out of the way. But if, if you're really not, you know, if you're not 
but you still you still have to address those things. Yeah, you still have really? to. Yeah, when you when you get those things out of the way, they're still there. You know, this is this is the same if you're using the gym as as sort of your center point, or if uh-huh. you're like me, you're using motorcycling. If you're using alcohol, whatever, right? They're, they're interchangeable in this context, right? Because you're using something to just try to to try to de stress. You're trying to use yeah. something to 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 regulate our emotions. To regulate emotions, but those emotions are still there, as are the causes. So you still have to come back afterwards and deal with them the benefit that you know the the gym as there the, the benefit that whatever therapy that you're using gives you is you're not so overburdened by everything at once mm-hmm. feeling right like you're a little clear so now you have you have a, a small window where you know maybe you're you can readdress things one at a time and maybe have some progress you know and and this is you know you know like Talk therapy also falls into this, right? Mm-hmm. You get it gets you to a place where you can focus on one thing and try to address that one thing without focusing on everything else. Now, mm-hmm. a lot of times, one thing can connect to so many other things, which is true in all these cases. Uh, but it, it's it's what you do once you get to that centered place that defi- that determines whether or not this is actually useful, right? Like. If we talk motorcycling, right? We can talk about that because that's one of my that's one of my big right mind clearers. So if I had a bad day and I just decide I'm just gonna go vent off steam by going on a motorcycle ride, like okay, cool. I have a bad day, I go on a motorcycle ride, I feel better, but then I go back to the to work the next day and I have another bad day. Is that really a, a useful cycle? What's mm-hmm. gonna happen on that day that for whatever reason I can't get to the motorcycle? Maybe I'm having a long day at work, maybe the motorcycle is down because something broke. Then what do I do now that stress from work is just going to keep building up and building up. Or if it gets to a point where, you know, now I'm so stressed at work that now I'm just taking days off of work so I can just go ride the motorcycle more because I have more stress to unwind. Is that really effective? Because now it's affecting work. Now it's affecting my livelihood. So it's not just about the thing, the therapeutic thing. It's about what it lets you do and what you do after what you do next. So, I know for most people, you know, we, we feel like we can't do anything but just go back to work the next day, which is true in the short term, right? In most cases, you can't really do anything huge in, you know, overnight, right? We've got bills to pay. We've got mortgages, loans, all this stuff, right? So you really can't do anything, you know, super dramatic. You can't just say, you know what? I had one bad day at work or, and it's been going on for months. I'm just done. I'm not even going to worry about what to do next. I just can't work here. It's not realistic for most people. But at the same time, neither is losing 30 pounds in a month, mm-hmm. right? But that's what everybody wants. Everybody wants this big change to happen right away to just say, cool, I solved that problem. What's next? Really, it, it gives you a place where you can sit down and evaluate, cool, maybe I can't quit my job tomorrow mm-hmm. or in two weeks or in two months. Maybe I can't do that because I have all these bills and I have all these responsibilities, what can I start to set in motion? If anything, right? It gives you a place where you can, again, that small window where you can clearly look at everything and go, what can I do? And how long is that going to take? You have to be respectful and realistic that a lot of times these fixes aren't going to be fast. They're going to take a long time. You know, if it's something like you're going to start looking for another place to work or you're going to start your own business or whatever it is that you're going to change in life, there's going to be right changes that have to happen. And setting those up takes time. 
and a lot of in a lot of situations we don't want to take that time for you know that short-term discomfort of looking for a job or changing jobs or updating resumes and, and all that that's all you know short-term things that most people really don't ever want to do but you also have to remember that if you can pull that off you might be setting yourself up to then be more comfortable afterwards if you do find a job or if you do figure out what is you know going on mentally that's that's our main theme right like what's going on mentally that's that's causing this stress that's letting it get through even when you when you work on that that also takes time but if you do the hard work and you do it consistently just like training just like exercise over time you'll look back and you go oh wow i actually made some progress i think like when, whenever we uh whenever we are in in the trenches and like like life is getting pretty rough I think it's hard for us to take that moment to back off and really take perspective onto things, you know, like, so then things seem way worse than they actually are. They, they seem to be weighing down on you because you're having all these thoughts, all these. And it's like you said about the depression, anxiety, they can just really start creating this cloud and the cloud gets darker, thicker, heavier, right above you. I think what, you know, the dot, dot, dot therapy, you know, um, the motorcycle, the lifting, the sewing, whatever it might be, your therapy, like you said, it puts you in that moment, that that really is that that part where it pauses your world for a second. It hits pause. You know, when I walk into the gym, I say, I always made the joke. There's a, there was a little trash can outside our gym, and I say, I'm gonna drop everything in that trash can when I walk into the gym, and I'm gonna walk in the gym and just do it. And that's and and oftentimes we don't allow ourselves to do that in life with anything. You know, even if it's not going to the gym, even if it's not going on a long car ride, motorcycle ride playing some basketball with some friends, even if it's not that, we need to learn to allow ourselves to pull out of our situation, just completely pull out of it. Not even really think about it, but just let our emotions, the water of our emotions kind of come down to sail. You're splashing around in that water. It's hard to it's hard to focus. It's hard to get anything to make sense at that moment. But I think if you step out of that and then you re-enter your situation where nothing's changed, but you re-enter it without that vendetta that that whole resentment mindset to your hell bent to take it out on everyone and prove how bad of a day you are and that's one thing i never get is how why people are always hell bent on proving how bad of a day they've had we've, like i don't want to say oh we've all had bad days but i'm sorry i really can't if if you tell me you have a bad day i'm believing you you don't have to prove it to me you don't have to short snarky remarks yeah you know snapping. You yeah yeah like this that. this whole yelling all this stuff like or you know rudeness you don't need to prove that and i think that that's what like really pulling yourself out of a situation going to the gym and lifting for an hour uh going for a, a bike ride you know getting on your bike going through the neighborhood just doing something other than what you've been forcing yourself to do week in and week out and you really step back, even if you didn't solve all your issues, you'll walk back in and you won't have, you won't have that attitude. Like I have to prove <laughs> that yeah. I'm so mad and I'm so tired and I'm so, it'll be yeah, okay. Now you... we can address mm -hmm. my issues with a more calm with, like, like I said, the calm waters. Now you can sell calm waters rather than splashing everywhere. And, um, and, and when you get to that, it is about like consistency, but really again, you shouldn't, be relying like on the gym of course there is that that moment where we're talking about you know you're there you're not worried about also you go to the gym you know more consistently it's not about how hard you go in there it's just about going consistently and maybe it wasn't therapy for you tuesday maybe it wasn't there for you wednesday but 
come Saturday, you feel a lot better. You know, it, we always say this, you can't bottle it up and package, you know, how you'll feel after diet and exercise, but there's a different feeling after there. Um, you know, on a timeline, when you start losing weight, when you start being able to stand with a better posture, when you really start being able to move, um, then you realize that, you know, there's a certain confidence that you do get from going to the gym and that does help with your depression. That does help with self. Um, and we're not saying that, you know, we're not going against that at all. But if you're using it constantly for this fulfillment and one day it's not there, then that might be something that throws you away or throws you off of your, you know, like, you know, gym is your therapy. It's your therapy. It's your therapy. But what if one day it's just, you know, it's just that task that you need to get done yeah. because it do, it is your therapy. But, you know, when it does come for your therapy and you go to it and it just doesn't hit the way you want it to hit, you might not be finding yourself in a gym for, or even exercising for a very long time. Um, I know, Yeah, one of the things, you know, with, you know, you mentioned depression in the gym and, all, and that there's this constant stream of information coming out now that's connecting, that's showing that long-term right they're showing long-term strength training helps with mild to moderate depression they haven't mm -hmm. really done any studies yet on severe um but they also show obviously which is something we all know that short-term medication works right yeah so obviously there's there's something that is there that we need to spend more time talking about and, and more time researching but you know when you when you look in the short term for depression and it's the same for anxiety no question med medication is the way to go right but like you mentioned earlier with you know ha starting with one beer and then it becomes two and then it becomes three and more and more same thing with the medication for mm -hmm. these your your dose will start out wherever the doctor decides that it starts and then over time that loses its its effect and you have to have more and then more and then mm -hmm. more and then when you if you decide to then try to come off those medications now you're dealing with all these withdrawal symptoms because mm -hmm. now you're trying to to stop supplying your body with what it has learned to need and strength training is the same way right like strength training also has you know it it trains your body to respond a certain way and then you start you, you kind of start craving it and the the point is as you then go long term with things like anxiety and depression strength training becomes more important or really just exercise in general right they've shown just walking just getting outside is is a huge part of it too right mm -hmm. And one of the things that it helps you do in terms of exercise, strength training, going outside, anything like that, is it helps you feel, at least in the moment, more confident. Because now you're doing something that maybe you either didn't feel like doing or didn't know that you could do, especially if it's around strength training. You're lifting a weight that maybe you didn't think you could do. And now you feel more confident. Well, that confidence now bleeds into the rest, into other parts of your life. Mm -hmm. And this is where that window starts to maybe open a little bit more and more again over time and as that confidence starts to bleed through now you feel more personally capable of handling whatever situations may be going on in life that may be causing those depressions or sitting at the root of the of that anxiety and as you become more confident and you start having more confidence towards acting that acting then basically starts the acting is what really brushes away the anxiety and brushes away the depression because when you're focused on doing something now that doing brings you into the presence whatever it is right when you when you're fully engaged in something when you're in that that flow state that some people will say mm -hmm. it brings you into the present moment 
when you're in the present moment, you can't be in the future. You can't be in the past. And we know again that anxiety lives in the future. Depression lives in the past. So if you're not in the future or the past, you're going to be much more detached from that anxiety and depression. It's not to say that it's going to immediately fix it. Cause again, all these things take time, but the, the better that you can be at at least detaching, or like you said, pulling back, you can now have a, a wider perspective over the situation. And when you feel like, when you don't feel like you're sitting right at the middle of, you know, eight things all at once, now you feel like you can attack one thing and, and solve that, then move to the next thing and solve that. Maybe do two things and solve those rather than, you know, feeling like you're sitting right at the middle of, of everything. Cause once you have, you know, once there are so many things that you have to deal with all at once, whether it's perceived or real or, or anything like that, we get super confused. We can feel helpless because we, we don't know where to go first because we've got everything coming in at us. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that that can lead to what this tiredness that we feel, um, it's not necessarily a physical tiredness that we all feel that I see it. I see it in a lot of people that they, they do, they, you know, all these things will get to up to them. And, and a, a common thing in a, you know, touching on that is, you know, having those eight things going on and then saying, well, I can't get to the gym or I don't have enough energy to get to the gym. And I think that that's where, I think that's where we really need to do the mental check in before anything. And, you know, before you go and really start engaging as, okay, gym is my therapy. I think gym could be your medicine. I think we can leave it at that. Like, you know, because it does have so many effects as, as more than just therapy. You know, I think it could be your medicine in the sense that like, say for the same reason, okay, you got the knee injury. Now I'm thinking of exercise after you got the knee injury that's when you start taking the pain meds because you've already addressed the issue. Now you have to do the secondary um, measures to take care of what the residual effects were. Mm -hmm. You know, the pain, the, the soreness from keep having your, your leg, you know, stationed, stationary for so long. Yeah. That, um, now there's the, all those all those side things that need to be taken care of. And I think that that's what um, physical exercise does. Like, I always explain metformin. Now, I said a word that if any of you have ever gone to a doctor and they've mentioned anything about your blood sugar, they've mentioned some, they've mentioned the medication metformin. I know they have because that's the cell. That's, that's what they do. I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and, and demonize doctors and say, Oh, they sell the, they sell the, the much, what you would call it, the disease, not the cure. But I believe that when I went in and I had my A1C, my A1C checked, they try to get me on metformin and I was in the healthiest of my life. I just had a couple little Debbie snacks before I went and got my blood drawn, but, uh, which it wasn't before it was the night before, but I, I just knew my sugar was high from the night from before. That, yeah. And, um, and I thought, and I thought to myself, man, they have this all wrong. They first want to start people out on, on metformin and see how that goes. Then try diet and exercise, then try other measures. I'm like, why don't we try the surgery before we try the medication? And sometimes I'm not a doctor. Sometimes maybe you can treat without surgery that, that there's, there's that case there. Okay. I know there's so many semantics. There's so many holes we can go down with this one, but I'm just saying, you know, it's back to the knee surgery instead of taking, you know, ibuprofen to try to treat your, your, your torn knee, you're gonna, um, you're gonna opt for surgery. And then you take the ibuprofen 
post-surgery to treat this, the symptoms surrounding the main cause. Now, depression. You had a divorce. You know, a lot of guys, a lot of people in general, will start exercising because they just left a bad relationship, divorce, whatnot. Guys overweight says, I'm going to get in the best shape of my life. I'm going to look good and I'm going to exercise every day. All this stuff. That's great plan. I'm not downing it. But if I'm, what I'm saying though is if, if you have that one, that one thing in your mind and if you leave that one thing unchecked, like say, you know, you got the divorce and the way you're running from the divorce is to be in the gym all the time, not think about it, not even, you know, if you're in the gym, you're not thinking about it, you're not working, worrying about it, that's cool. But now you're running from the problem because when you go home, you have to go home eventually and at home, yeah. that problem's there waiting. And yeah, if you, you know, if you, if you went through that divorce or breakup or anything, and let's say, for example, it, you know, leaves you feeling worthless or it leaves your self-worth having taken a pretty serious hit. So then you get the idea, cool, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to get in great shape. And not that this is a conscious thought, but there's something in your mind that's like, cool, that'll increase my self-worth and I'll feel better about myself if I lose this weight or if I get jacked or if I just get stronger, anything like that. One, that never works that way. Never. So just rip that right off the table. Um, two, if you never really address that self-worth issue, no amount of muscle will fix it. Mm -hmm. No amount of, of weight loss will fix it. No amount of strength will fix it. You'll always be chasing self-worth because really at the end of the day, there's always somebody that's further down that road than you are. Yes. And even if you're not looking at other people, if you're not comparing with other people, you're always going to be chasing that more, that more, that more, because you're trying to you're you're trying to fill this this self worthiness hole, this self esteem hole, which really doesn't get filled at the gym. Like you you have to address that problem head on. This mm -hmm. is where things like talk therapy are super super useful, right? They'll mm -hmm. you know the gym, motorcycling, anything like none of that will ever come close to actually being able to address that issue head on. And it's not until you do that work directly on that issue that it'll go away. And then, you know, if you, if you go and you get quality therapy and they help you get through that issue, you can still want to go to the gym and want to improve your health or get stronger or anything like that. But now you're doing it for the sake of that specific thing. You're not doing it to try to cover up another wound. You're not trying to do it to cover mm -hmm. up self-worth. You're doing it because well, maybe you actually enjoy going to the gym and mm -hmm. you're just doing it for the sake of doing the thing. Yeah, I think therapy and the way you look is a secondary bonus to the gym. I think what we should initially put in our mind, and I know a lot of people don't, this is the hardest thing to put in people's mind, but you're going to the gym because you're a human being and you're maintaining your body. That's that's the thing. That's exercise for me. And that's why I say you got to exercise. You're maintaining this, this mechanism you're giving. And it's just like brushing your teeth, just like wiping your ass, just like going to the grocery store, buying food, eating. I think the gym should just be another bodily function like that. Now, that being said, I love the gym. You know, like I said, I live in the gym. I was a person that lost a lot of weight because of resentment feelings I felt. Um, I I was an alcoholic. Then I gained, well, I was, I was kind of heavier when I was an alcoholic. And then after, I gained about another 20 pounds. So it led me into my heaviest of my life, which obviously the depression that I had felt from that, triggered me into wanting to exercise more so i'm not talking from a point where i'm like oh guys you shouldn't do this you should do it the way i did it i'm telling you right now i did it the way we're telling you that might not be the best way because 
again, when you go to those unchecked um, traumas, those unchecked things, you know, the past mine was I was like, it was not really I was like, oh, I'm so worthless. But it was me. I was down on myself because I couldn't complete a hike because I let myself get to that point. I had I I knew I it was put in a clear view how horrible everything had just become. You know, it, it accumulated that over years and years, but the perspective really got dropped into my lap. And so I had to do something and I did it out of resentment. And I'm I'm happy with my results. I'm happy with whatever and I love going to the gym. But what I'm telling you guys is that in and this is like the dark side of the gym, the dark side of fitness. No, but really it is there are some um, some mental issues that do come along with exercise, like body dysmorphia. There's there's anorexia and bulimia. There's um, you know I was speaking with the, the same gentleman earlier when he was talking about how the gym became just so stressful for him mm-hmm. because he was like, it, and, and it might be oh it needs to be a therapy. If every time I get in there and I deadlift six hundred pounds, there's nothing feeling like there's no other feeling like. It. What if you get in there and you don't can't even break 500 pounds on a deadlift that yeah. day. What if you're having an off day because you got terrible sleep the night before? Yeah, then you're going to str- – tell me – let me tell you about the stress behind that, guys. When you go and you're – have it stuck in your head that you're going to lift a certain weight. You have it stuck in your head that you're going to be a certain way that week, and it just does not happen, that now your therapy has just become a stressor. Right. It, and Because you're, you're super – attached to being able to mm-hmm. in this case right deadlift 600 pounds yeah so when you can't get there now you feel like everything is is wasted or you start feeling like you said it's not therapy it's not a source mm-hmm. of joy anymore now it's a stress yeah now that self-worth is coming back into question because well they left you oh, oh man all oh, you lost your job you can't deadlift 600 pounds now uh that's just because you're worthless man right you know that that's why we're trying to change your mindset today we're not trying to say like don't use it for therapy but we're saying address the situations outside the gym and then use this as a as the metformin should be used in you know so going back to that analogy so whenever they said okay control your a1c they didn't mention oh well let's let's do two to three weeks of diet of just strictly diet and exercise strictly diet and exercise and if that's not helping then we'll start adding not take away the diet and exercise and add metformin but keep diet and exercise and add metformin that's the way treatment should go. But in today's society, it's either diet and exercise or metformin. Well, we're in a very right now society. So everything, mm-hmm. you know, we want everything to be fixed quickly. So, the, you know, diet and exercise is almost never going to be the quick fix for anything. Mm-hmm. And so there's almost always going to be some pill or something that you can do instead that will get you those results faster, right? Mm-hmm. There's, you know, metformin. There's all these pain medications to help take pain away from, you know, hurt knees, hurt backs. There's surgeries for all of that too. When a lot of times diet and exercise could have a pretty good effect, if not get rid of those issues. But that typically isn't going to be something that kicks in in two weeks. It's usually going to be a few months. And we have learned that we shouldn't have to wait a few months to get rid of these issues. We've learned that it's something that we can go, we can get a prescription and, and get it taken care of probably that day. Yeah, and I think that it, it is, it's it's that. It's the right now or it's the either or also mentality that we yeah. always talk about. Yep. Like, I'm either going to do this or I'm going to do that. Like, um, like it, it should be and, right? Like, yeah. obviously, if you've got, right? Like, if you have severe depression or if you have real, real bad knee pain, real bad back pain, like you can't get out of bed, right? Obviously, medication because they do work so fast, perfect, right? Yeah. Obvious, like 
right there, great. Uh-huh. So use that medication, get it to use it to get you to a point where now you can function and then start working on everything else. Yeah. And then start, you know, once you feel like you can get out of bed and the and the depression isn't so bad. Awesome, cool. Now start working on building things and and seeking out help for getting away from the depression as a whole. That's mm-hmm. where, you know, you have your medication and then you also do talk therapy or mm-hmm. you know, if it's if it's the case of something physical with the body, you have your pain medication for your let's say right hurt knee and then you're also going to do physical therapy to try to stretch the knee out strengthen it increase mobility so that eventually you don't need the medication anymore mm-hmm. because medications all have side effects if you've ever listened to a an ad on tv for a medication right the last 10 seconds is somebody just prattling off all these side effects mm-hmm. and most of those side effects really aren't that good no so one the quicker that you can get through needing that medication, the sooner you can not worry about those side effects. Two, there's always that withdrawal when you come off those medications. So the quicker, you know, the, the quicker you get through using it, the less severe that withdrawal is going to be. The longer you stay on it, the harder it's going to be. Mm-hmm. I Well, and it's just medication in general. I, I think it's just um, in in the U.S., we're the only ones that see commercials for it. Yeah, I think it's us and maybe maybe one other country. Yeah, that and, advertises and adver- it's just uh, medicine. And and I and I've and it's so funny how many how much people just don't want to hear diet and exercise will take them there, and you know and it and it is it's either and but I think I, but I also think part of that is is our fault, not you and me specifically, but when I say our fault, I mean the you know diet culture and exercise culture. Yeah. I think probably 98% of why people don't want to diet and exercise is the fault of the diet and exercise industries. Yeah. Because we've painted this picture of what it's supposed to look like when you go on a diet, right? We say you can't have carbs. We say you can't have cake. We say you can't have pizza. You can't have beer. Mm -hmm. We say that when you go to the gym, you have to cripple yourself. You have to be sore for the next week. You have to be drenched in sweat. We say all these things, none of them are true to actually improve health. Mm -hmm. But if, if you're a person that already has hesitations about doing either of those things and then somebody says, cool, you know that, that Cinnamon Toast Crunch that you love? Well, you can't have that anymore. Well, who's going to sign up for that? Yeah. Nobody's going to sign up for that. If you, know, you are barely trying to get to a place where you can move without pain and you jump into, say, a CrossFit class and they're making you do box jumps and they will not let you skip the box jumps and you end up you know you end up cracking your shin open because you couldn't jump up high enough are you going back to that gym are you going back to work out at all yeah. no because that's that's what you've learned it's supposed to be mm-hmm. so we're we're doing people a disservice by painting them this horribly extreme picture of what it's supposed to look like in order for people to become healthy and it's really not the case. It really doesn't have to be that extreme. But on the other side, those extreme methods will get you those fast results that people want. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's why it kind of leans that way. If people understood that, look, you, you can still get great results. It's going to take longer because we're going to move slower. But we're also, going, we're also not going to say don't have cinnamon toast crunch. We're also not going to say don't murder yourself in the gym we're also going to say let's work out at a at an intensity where you won't feel sore you won't hurt for the next week after you're done like those sound great but they also come with the caveat that 
in a lot of times those results are going to be slower to come, even if those results are going to stick around longer, which they do. But because they take longer to see, it's that's also not really all that attractive to people. Again, when it's when it's stacked between slower results by doing this versus faster results by taking mm -hmm. a pill or faster results by putting a brace on or faster results by going super low calories and super hard exercise, people are just going to do the, the more extreme stuff that works faster. Mm -hmm. Even if down the road, it's going to end up stopping and it's not going to be as effective. I think that perspective is pers like applied to all like is like let's face it with mental health you know when when somebody says yeah i have depression or anxiety and you start talking about things like like actual real therapy with a therapist and counseling and all that they get very apprehensive because th that is the extreme right there and there you know i think a lot of people have that in their mind that and it, it really isn't but you know i think you know or getting hospitalized for you know for a panic attack or something that's that's an extreme measure to take start taking start taking action towards your condition but then you know it is like diet and exercise well you start exercising you're like well again i don't want to work out that hard well there's some measures you can take if you if weight loss is your 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 goal and like you said if you don't want to sit there and be in this deficit and beat your body up at crossfit you can still lose weight yeah. and it's not just one thing you do it's you start exercising you don't have to go on an extreme diet but you just address that um yeah, you, it, if you've listened to episodes before you know i'm just going to say the same you know three or four things add protein add water mm -hmm. add veggies yeah that's it perfect and then you know it's just it's not really making the going to the extremes of anything and going okay i'm going to go and do crossfit and that's all i'm going to do but i'm going to do it really hard instead of doing that extreme crossfit Go and do 45 minutes of a, of a weightlifting exercise. Then whenever you do get a chance, maybe another 45 minutes of some kind of cardiovascular or maybe even just half an hour. You know, just a little break up pieces, but not skip out on one of them. It's just like with mental health. If gym is your therapy, that's great. But don't skip out on the motorcycle therapy. Don't yeah. don't um, don't skip out on doing the actual work. Yeah, there's uh, there's like, you know, there's the, the, the Tylenol, there's the ibuprofen that you take and then there's the actual you know, you're treating the symptoms because mm -hmm. with every injury, there comes symptoms. You treat the symptoms, but you also, you also have to go after the injury, yeah. you know, and by symptoms, I mean, you know, the knee pain, you have knee pain from the surgery. Well, addressing the pain in the knee isn't going to fix the ACL. It's just going to make it more tolerable for you to address the ACL. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's what, that's what all these, these dot, dot, dot therapies are for. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we're yeah, if you, if you always have headaches and your response is, I'm just going to take ibuprofen. Well, that's great. You're fixing the headache, but you're not addressing why you're getting headaches. Mm -hmm. you can, what if it's just because you don't drink any water? Mm -hmm. And what if you just drink some more water and you wouldn't have headaches at all to yeah. then need ibuprofen? Wouldn't that be awesome too? Yeah. But again, the problem is a lot of times with headaches, the water fix takes longer to kick in. And then that's, there's another one. You tell somebody to drink water, they're t they think you're automatically telling them to drink a gallon of water. We're just saying drink. Right. You need we, to consume. jump to the extreme. And I'm like, no, just drink no, a glass. From more, yeah, from more than what you're used to, just consume more water. Mm -hmm. That's just all that means. It doesn't mean that, oh, no, you're not drinking 164 ounces of, of, of water. Your body's not sitting there and counting ounces. It's counting what it what it personally needs. Yeah. And so it's not like and, and again, it's like jumping those extremes. It's you know we're, you, we're not talking about go zero to a hundred. We're just saying go zero to two. Apply zero yeah. to one. Maybe maybe try drinking that water. My maybe try 
you know, and say, well, I didn't get so much sleep and I didn't drink that much water tonight. I planned and I, you know, and this is one issue, another, um, and I, I have a lot of sympathy. I don't have any sympathy for Starbucks drinkers or non-water drinker guys. Grow up, drink your water, don't drink your Starbucks. Just kidding, guys. But no, but with sleep with sleep deprivation, you know, I, I, I see a lot of people that do have trouble sleeping. They say, oh, man, I get such shitty sleep. I have a hard time uh, getting to sleep. I have a hard time staying asleep. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is you hear, it's a common, it's becoming a common story. Mm-hmm. And what a lot of people, uh, actually, there's a, a one um, Facebook page I like to follow and comment on every once in a while. And um, there is this guy saying how he wants, he was talking about how gym was his therapy, actually. But he was saying how he's just so tired and he can't get to the gym because of work, stress, uh, lack of sleep. And then by the time all of that's accumulated, the gym is just a hard question to ask. Yeah. And I and my comment was, man, the Which is fair, right? It, oh, I, don't don't go exercise. Fair. If if your life is like that, exercise should be the last thing on your mind yeah. because you you really can't be putting your body through any more stress at that moment. But what I told this guy was the most imper- important exercise was his rest. He needs to because t- he was a, a single father of teenagers. Mm-hmm. And this was what I accumulated from reading the the comments and such. And I was like, this guy honestly needs to take a day and say, this is my important meeting. It's a, it's the most important meeting in the whole universe right now. This is the only thing that matters to me right now. And take time for himself. That was the biggest extra because he couldn't. He's like, what, what, what do I do to get to the gym? And I was getting so mad. Everyone was saying, is suggesting uh, TRT, which is you know, uh, testosterone replacement therapy. Yeah, it's the newest pill. Yeah, and older guys, yes, I get that, and I'm, that's a whole other book to open, guys. But what I, but this guy, honestly, he needed to sit down, tell his teenage um, children, tell all his colleagues, tell anyone who was close to him, look, guys, I'm at this point where. If you want the best from me, if you guys want to get an advantage from me and what I do, I need a day for myself. I need rest. I need this. And you need to plan that that sleep. The sleep can yeah. be your more, most important exercise. If you can't make 45 minutes to the gym, please make 45 minutes or five minutes to plan your sleep. You what, know? We, what we need is a sleep routine. The, the problem that's, is people, that's what think, people think that you, know, you can just turn off the TV, turn off the light, put your head down and mm-hmm. go to sleep. And that might work for some people and it might work for a little while, but realistically the body needs time to wind down. It needs time to mm-hmm. to actually get ready for sleep. The same way that we get ready for the day, we also need to take that in reverse and get ready to sleep. And I can tell you this, sitting, you know, hanging out on your on your phone, scrolling through Facebook, scrolling through Instagram isn't the way to unwind your brain before going to sleep. I was thinking about that the other day and um I'll, um but we live in a world where, um, okay, as a single guy laying in your bed, uh, there was one night, it must have been, I want to say past midnight. Maybe I think it was like a little later than midnight because I was thinking no one could be up. And if people are up, they're either working this late or they're either up to no good or, you know, whatever. And I thought about it and I, I got on Facebook late at night and I started thumbing through my scroll and I was like, you know, I'm like, I'm like, oh, who's up? Who's up? Who's you know, who's who's doing what? Who's posting right now? Let's see what's going on. I'm, and I thought about this to myself, and I was like, thirty years ago, we couldn't do that. We could not go from 
where we couldn't sleep rolling around the bed and see what is the world up to right now. Oh, 15 years ago we couldn't. Yeah, what is the whole world doing at this moment? Oh, most of these people are asleep, but let's see, this guy's at his job. This guy, we know, and you can say, oh yeah, I knew this stuff. No, 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 no. Don't try to bullshit any of us. We we did not, we weren't able to wake up at two o'clock in the morning, pull up a, pull up a device and say, what is the world doing? What is... 1,000, some hundred and some friends of mine doing right now at this very moment. What is every, even if, like back then, even if you were to call somebody at that time, if they answered, they'd be mad. They wouldn't be like, oh, you couldn't go and see what 100 people up at 2 o'clock in the morning were doing. You couldn't go into um, a a common thread and see that a common thread was highly active in that. Oh, look, that guy's going on on the other side of the world. Yeah, that guy said something that makes me mad because it's political and I react to every political thing. Now you're up at 2 o'clock in the morning. And now you're wife. Stressed. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're stressed about this hypothetical thing. Like, it really shouldn't have occurred. And that's what um, I hear so much stubbornness when I do talk about a, a nighttime routine. Um, I saw this for somebody talking about for their child. They said that, oh, we do have a nighttime routine. And they, I don't want to say they were lying to themselves, but they were unaware what I was really saying about a nighttime routine. Because they were saying the child is having trouble getting to sleep. They were trying melatonin on this child before anything. Again, it goes back to what we were saying. Try the routine before the melatonin. The melatonin should have been the last, the last door on the on the hall. Right. But anyways, and she's like, "Yeah, we give them a bath, we brush our teeth, we I think it was like say prayers, something or another, and we go to sleep." That's not necessarily. That's a routine. It's not a nightly bedtime routine. Are, what kind of movies is she watching before she goes to sleep? Right. What uh, what did she, what kind of uh, conversations did she engage in before she went to sleep? Did she plan like? And I think another thing is, is like planning out your day or thinking what you have to do before you go to sleep instead of actually thinking of going to sleep. Yeah. Um, and again, this this you know all this really applies just to the people that can't get to sleep or the yeah. people that are waking up through, no, through yeah. the night. If you if you are one of the people that you know. You can use your phone right up until the moment you go to bed or you, you know, the second your head hits the pillow, you're out and you wake up in the morning feeling refreshed. None of this applies to you. Yeah. None of this applies. So one thing that uh, an ex of mine always joked about is that it's a superpower of mine to be able to fall asleep anywhere, anytime. Like if it's bedtime, I'm done. And even my bedtime, like I'm kind of like a machine. I just start like nodding off. Like I can't control it. Like if it's time, it's time. But yeah, no, and I sympath. That's why I sympathize with these people so much, is because it must be frustrating. But then again, I, like the point I'm trying to get across is, like, I think we we look at and like saying, oh, I just can't get sleep, and I'm stressed from that. That that should be your number one priority. If it's causing an effect in your life to where it's affecting your mood, sleep your work, everything. Yeah, yeah, and if it's just affecting your whole life. You're not being lazy if you plan out your sleep. The people in your, like, again, it goes back to that guy I was talking about. He needed to go to his colleagues. He needed to go to his teenage, uh, I think they were daughters, teenage, his teenagers. He needed to go to um, whoever was involved in his immediate life and say, guys, I know you expect a lot of me, but you're not going to be able to get the most from me if I can't do this. Yeah. And it, it, it goes back to self-worth. I mean, we had a... We had an episode about um, about the imposter syndrome, about mm-hmm. you know you're not feeling worth it, you're not being worthy for your gains or anything that. And that's I don't mean gains. Seventeen, the, if you want to go back and listen. Epi- there you go, guys. Episode seventeen. That's a great one, and because it applies a lot to this, and it's not. I'm using sleep as my example here, but it really applies to a lot. Even if it's not sleep, even if it's time for yourself, um, you do. Yeah, just having boundaries of any. I've shape. heard of I've heard of people um, getting plenty of rest, but they're like somebody's 
constantly there. Somebody's constantly asking something of me. Something I'm constantly having to get to the next issue. Constantly having to get to the next issue. And sometimes you may think that that issue might not have time to wait. You might mm-hmm. think that you can't do it, but and, some, and sometimes that's just you know it's it's there are some situations where you do have that constant demand and there's really not anything you can do about it right now. Right. This is like, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, new parents, like you have a new kid, like you kind of belong to the kid for the first few years. And there's really, you know, you can't really reason the kid and be like, look, I need time to sleep. Like the kid doesn't care. The kid just wants to be a kid. Like they're just going to do what they're going to do. And you're along for the ride. And you know, it's not to say cut yourself off from the kid just because you need time. Like you also have to balance that. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're a new parent, your kids within those first few years, like you, like there's nothing, there's not really a whole lot you can do. There's, you know, babysitters having somebody come by and watch the kids. So maybe you can like go someplace and just take some time for yourself. Those are options. But you know, if, if you're with the kid or you're with the kid all the time, just, you know, there's not, there's mm-hmm. not a whole, whole lot option wise. Right. And mm-hmm. so don't beat yourself up. If you are in a situation where, you know, you're in this stretch of time where, Mm-hmm. you realistically can't pull away and those situations exist but you know just again right we always 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 come back to awareness but take that second and re- and just look at the situation you're in and see if there's a real way that you could affect and, and get some better some time for yourself mm-hmm. or if there's a realistic way that you can improve your sleep if there is awesome see how you can implement that if there's not well okay like you're you're just in that situation for now right like new parents if you're in school and it's you know final season like it's just going to take a hit on your sleep right because you're preparing for everything mm-hmm. but you know just know that and and you know you might have to take a bigger step back and just realize cool at, at some point at this point you know months maybe years down the road things are going to shift a little bit and you'll be able to start focusing on yourself more and it's just having that awareness that like yeah this is really stressful it's really pressing right now but at some point down the road it won't be mm-hmm. life is seasons man and and i think you know it always it goes back to that mental awareness that you keep uh, mentioning and i think if we have the mental preparedness like understanding that like you know i i and i i'm a creature of habit as, as a lot of us are and i like to think that i can go to the gym at a certain time every day have the same workout every, and what I've come to realize is that some you gotta plan for that. It might be the that might be the way it's going now, but you know it adjusts. Life always adjusts, and and you know if you are new parent studying for finals, studying you know getting your business off the ground, and you know that's why I think you know when you start looking at things for exercise for your therapy, you're really busy. What if the therapy doesn't come? Right. You know, yeah. what if the 45, you, you're a new parent, you're not sleeping. And at the Bearded Barbell podcast, we preach rest before reps, you know? Yeah. And, you know, if you're not mentally checked in to really tackle things and you're just going to end up hurting yourself. And so that's when it really takes, you know, the, the mental, you know, focus of, okay, here's what here's what's going on. Here's what I can do. Here's what I can't do. I'm not going to beat myself up over it because that's, again, that's where the stress comes out. That's where you can look at and find that 
maybe exercise wasn't my therapy, but that moment, that time of day was that time. I noticed a lot of parents, they need to take time for their own identities. Mm -hmm. Just time to step back and be like, this is who I am. You know, I'm maybe not get to the gym every day like I did before the child. But as long as I can take some time, because again, then it starts building a resentment. The poor child didn't ask for anything. Yeah, you know, they, they're right. not asking for you to be there uh, and not sleep. They, they don't know. They don't like, they, they just, they're a child. And it, it takes you to understand that like, this happens. Life is seasons. And if, if you can't make it to your, the gym, that doesn't necessarily mean that since you're not getting your therapy, you're going to be a mess. But that means you've learned to address it and kind of control it in a sense that like now I just need that that extra 45 minutes every day to myself. Like if it's the child goes finally goes down for a nap, something, um, you know, uh, yeah, maybe you just maybe you just learn to, you know, stay up a little later after the kids asleep. Just like you have that little bit of time mm-hmm. where you can just be you, you can just be alone for a little bit mm-hmm. before you then go to bed. Yeah. And then again, it goes back to the point like um, it, it really is what you want from what you're – it's dot, dot, dot therapy. Yeah. And again, that's why we're trying not to get you to rely on I need to spend two hours in the gym. I need to get that runner's high. I didn't. I haven't mentioned the runner's high because I get, I get what I call a lifter's high. Like I do yeah, lift to that I point. I get that too. I get to that point where I lift and you're like, ooh, that feels good. Yeah. And it's great to have that. But, you know, if life happens and you can't get that high anymore, you we have to learn how to, to treat those outside um, variables. So Yeah, we have, to, we have to learn how to shift the balance in the rest of our lives so that we can still keep moving forward, right? Like maybe we can't exercise for a while for whatever reason. Like, awesome, cool. What else can you do instead to still promote general health? Yeah, life is season. Sometimes we got to train for the swing instead of fight for the home runs. You know, um, later in the seasons, the home runs come. But in the beginning beginning of the year, when you're in spring training, when you're in, you know, even before spring training, all you, if all you can do is get practices in with the swing and throwing a ball, hey, that's it. You can hit home runs later in the season. Yeah. And really, the you know, the main overarching point, you know, like we've talked about through most if not all the episodes is just general awareness and the the worst thing you can do is try to compare your path with somebody else's path Mm -hmm. if you you know look at somebody else and you go well i should be able to do it because they can you're setting yourself up for failure because you don't know what else they have on their plate they might have less they might have more Mm -hmm. they might have things that they're just consciously or unconsciously neglecting in order to go to the gym right like maybe yeah, they do make it to the gym every day and they're a new parent, but maybe the other parents at home super stressed because they're the only, they feel like they're the only ones taking care of the kid while you're here at the gym. Mm -hmm. You don't know that part. Yeah. It's it's like the social media thing. Yeah, exactly. Like you, you only see what the other person is choosing to show you. You don't get Mm -hmm. to see everything else. That's, you know, that's behind that selfie or behind that video that's propping it up. And I think that this really highlights a lot of our all or nothing that we're not saying therapy. Yes, Jim, we're saying it's a, it's, it's a puzzle piece to this bigger picture. And, you know, if you're focused on this one puzzle piece, all the other puzzle pieces are going to remain scattered and all over the, all over the table. 
Um, you know, you have your diet and exercise, you have your sleep, you have your nutrition, um, well, diet and exercise, you have your exercise, your diet, your sleep, you have your social life, you have your work. These are all puzzles to a picture. Now, we're not saying, you know, if, if exercise is your therapy, we're not saying necessarily, okay, that's not an important thing, but we're saying all the other puzzles, all the other puzzle pieces kind of need to be fixed up too. Like Coach was saying, you know, you might see that one person that's in the gym that's just, they look amazing, they look like they know what they're doing, but that might be the only thing that they have going for them right now. And that's yeah. probably why it's their therapy. And that's probably why it works so well for them as therapy. But for you, you know, you might go to the gym and it might make you feel great. But another thing might be, you know, like, like Coach, it's not just the gym. It's motorcycle riding. It's not just motorcycle riding. It's not just exercising. You know, we're not saying, you know, if your coping mechanism is sleep, you know, we're saying get some sleep. We're not saying go and sleep five days. We're saying get adequate eight hours of sleep. Get your exercising. Get your diet. And, you know, try all those. And if you're still not feeling pretty good with your mental health, address some more stuff. Start going and seeing the therapist. Start going and trying more coping mechanisms. Um, not just relying and crutching on just that one thing. Yeah. You know, it's not just the one issue. It's not just, is it my diet that's bad? Is is it just my exercise? Is it that I have bad mental health? No, it's it's an accumulation of all. And you just, it's best to sit back, address what's, what's really the issues first, and then move forward because then you're moving with great, with the parking brake off yeah and now you have great information mm -hmm. well i think i think that'll wrap us up for the week what do you think coach i think it's great man i think where we... can all the fantastic listeners find you you guys can find me on my fantastic social media where i brag about my wonderful life and don't not let you know of any of the negativity in it just kidding um you can find me on my personal facebook page at willie otero go ahead and add me as a friend on there i'll be right there in your corner guys and then i'm on coach willie otero on instagram so go ahead and add me on both those guys follow me and coach where are we finding you so you can find me on facebook at tony davis you can find me on instagram and tiktok at tony davis coaching and while you're looking me up on facebook you can head to the search bar type in macros mindset and metabolism you will find a free group of mine where coach willie is also in there i am you can get some great information you can reach out to either of us uh, you know if you if you need a, a voice to reach out to you can mm. Hit up either of us at any time. We'd love to talk to you about anything that you're going through. Not a sales pitch. If you just want to talk, we'll just talk. Yeah, we're here for you guys. You got two, if not the best tag team in podcast and fitness industry. So we're right here at your disposal, guys. That's right. Use us. And if you did like the show, feel free to leave us a rating, leave us a review. If you know of anybody in your life that can get any value out of the things we're talking about, please share the show with them. We'd love to have them on board as well. And new episodes of the show show up each and every Monday from now until the end of time. Awesome, guys. And I just want to take time and say, if you are feeling alone or if you're feeling any kind of way that you just feel hopeless and that there's only one answer in this, please, please reach out. Know that you are loved. Know that someone cares about you. And if you ever feel that you don't ever have anyone to reach out to, Coach uh, Tony and I, Coach Willie, we're here, man. Use our... Use our social media. Reach out to us. We'll reach out to you. We're in your corner. Please, please, please don't fight alone. Thank you, guys. Be well.